Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray Heron. Joining me this episode, it is the one, the only, Matthew Day Gillett. Hey man, how's your week been? Yes, very, very interesting. A lot has gone down since last Friday when we recorded this podcast. Uh, a little over seven days and I've got a road trip in. I've got some new riding gear. I got some new parts on the bike. It's been a very busy couple of days. I can tell you, I've charged my um, Senna unit for my helmet, and I've bought some things online, and that's about as far as I've gotten motorcycle-wise. Right. Well, you're going to hear a little bit about my stuff later on. What uh, What have you bought? Um, oh, I uh, hooked up with our friends at Kiwi Rider Magazine, um, and they managed to negotiate for me a rather nice price on some Givy luggage um, for the rally. By the way, it's GV, but that's fine. I'll let you away with it. GV? I've never heard it pronounced ever. (laughs) So GV luggage. Um, I suppose that makes sense. It is um, Italian, I believe, isn't it? Is that from our friends at uh, Eurobike Wholesale? Eurobike. Yes, it is. Um, So I've got a nice set of waterproof panniers and a uh, which are 15 litres capacity each side uh, which should be Perfect size for little uh, Rosie the Rally. And I've also got a 40-litre top bag as well. Nice. Are they the hard panniers or the soft ones? Nah, soft panniers. So, um, yeah, I've read a lot of things about hard versus soft panniers, and um, I kind of lean towards soft, especially since, um, yeah, Rosie's fat as it is for a 250. I don't want um, the extra wind drag from a couple of boxes strapped to the side of it. I've always had the um, soft panniers on the MT-07, but I rode the GV... Uh, DL650 that was all decked out with all that GV stuff and it had the two massive hard panniers on the back as well as the top box and although it looked really cool was real practical uh, I did feel about as wide as a bus yeah yeah so hopefully um, well basically uh, as it stands I'm going to have a whole lot of bike gear and no bike because <laughs> my bike's still on the Coromandel. Um, so how, how are the um, how are the negotiations going for getting your bike back? Good? It's almost like it's being held to ransom. <laughs> well, I've cleaned the room out. Um, I've been a really good boy and I think I'm allowed to have it back now. It's just um, apparently a warrant of fitness in Fungmatar costs significantly less than Cambridge, um, like nearly half the price. So I'm going to get Dad um, to connect the battery, charge it up and take it for a waff and then I'll get him to bring it back. Um, yeah, that's that's the plan anyway the war uh, the registration's on hold until mid-august at this stage um i put it on hold again instead of whacking rego on it and not riding it um because i can always back pay it but yeah because once you get once you get past that first three months you can do it month by month though no you can only do it for another three months now they've changed the system again really yeah it was very annoying so um it'll have been once it gets to august it'll have been on hold for six months um which yeah but i'm still waiting on service um materials to come um from blue wing honda as well because um it desperately needs an oil change and i need a new oil filter and oil filter gasket which should be here in a few weeks um but enough about my bike um shall we uh dive into the news and get this podcast actually rolling let's do it let's do the news And kicking the news off today, Cold Kiwi, you've probably heard the news, it has been cancelled. I know, what an absolute bummer. 
Um, I've seen on Facebook a few people um, selling patches. Uh, COVID stole my rallies 2020. I thought about getting one because, you know, Cold Kiwi's gone, Tussock Buster's gone, the Rite of Remembrance is gone. We're just not doing anything this year. Yeah, don't forget the Brass Monkey too. But um, hey, maybe 2021 will be doing all the things. It's a casualty of COVID-19, um, as you may have suspected. They were The Cold Kiwi community was informed via the Facebook group earlier this week that the 45th running of the event has been postponed until 2021. Um, the Ruapehu Motorcycle Club president, um, Dion Whedon, basically said COVID stole the Kiwi. Um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I'm regretfully informing everyone that the Ruapehu Motorcycle Club has come to the decision that the 2020 Cold Kiwi Rally will be cancelled due to the uncertainty surrounding COVID-19. Despite the latest updates, we have chosen to err on the side of caution and hold our 45th rally in 2021. And that put a cat amongst the pigeons on Facebook. Oh my God. Yeah, I bet. Now, I'm actually firmly on the side of the organisers before you get into the um, the pigeons and how they uh, responded. Just because it's all it's a... It's it's a club event and basically when shit hits the fan it all flies onto the club and the landowner what did they say um, alongside our other concerns most importantly we do not want the rally to be a potential cause of any COVID-19 cases when we know it only takes one um, so what what did the pigeons have to say right? I completely agree with you Matt I, honestly um, I, I think if you're running an event it's your call whether you take the risk or not so well done on you know the, the Real Payhu Motorcycle Club on making that call and sticking to the guns. The Pigeons did say though, and I'm going to quote, this is a post that I saw recently. I have written a few words to the organiser of the 2020 Cold Kiwi as follows. I ask you to reconsider the 2020 cancellation for the following reasons. One, the New Zealand government update with alert level one will be here next Wednesday. Two, we have zero cases of COVID-19. Three, the 2020 cold Kiwi date is still months away, so lots of time to reconsider points one and two. Now, of course, this was posted on a Facebook page. There are uh, 29 comments underneath this and a lot of keyboard warriors. Was one of them pointing out that we, in fact, still have one case of COVID-19 in the country? Well, no. Funnily enough, no. But one one comment, the organisation required to run this event is huge. We arrive as enjoyers and have no idea, behi- no idea what's going on behind the scenes. We respect the club's decision as they have debated long and hard and come to this decision that we have here today. Let's make next year's one one to remember. Another comment that I had here reads, first world problems, missing out on an event here or there. They have made the decision and I'm sure it wasn't easy. It takes more than just showing up to an event to make an event happen. There have been no working bees to date and so there is too much work to get this event underway. So I, I think the majority of people, and especially the diehards, agree that the event, uh, or at least accept that the the event has been cancelled and should have been cancelled. Um, but there are the Nigels out there and the Karens out there that... Uh, I haven't got COVID, no one I know's got COVID, and I burnt down the 4G wireless tower in my neighbourhood thinking it was a 5G tower because that causes COVID, and I want my motorcycle event to happen. Oh, yeah, and you'll always get people like that. Um, 
but thankfully like the cold kiwi it's always held on father's day weekend um, which is the first weekend of september so we know that the 45th uh, running of the event so long as COVID's completely kicked in the butt and nothing else nasty crops up in 2021 it should take place on the 3rd to the 5th of september 2021 i'm booking the time off now <laughs> hey i've booked time off for tussock buster two years running and it ha- still hasn't happened so matt you've got the hospital pass you've got the weekend pass you're allowed away you've booked your dad as well for a bit of a ride where can we go instead of going to the cold kiwi yes so i put together a little post on uh, on throttle.co.nz um three alternative rides for the cold kiwi weekend and we'll share this on our facebook page as well yes so um first one you're well familiar with it it was taranaki and the forgotten highway um, what great memories uh, i've got of that uh, trip Set um honestly i think next time we do it you gotta stay at the Fongamomana hotel gotta finish up the finish up the day there because um, those burgers are amazing although being a millennial it'd be a bit difficult for me because there's no uh, cell phone reception yeah but it's okay there's lots of randoms to talk to and plenty of beer on tap it's fine <laughs> um, uh, the second um idea is actually one that i put forward and um then in our group chat we have with um Ben and Mike, who we did the uh, Forgotten Highway with, um, you actually brought up part of this trip, uh, East Cape and Lake Waikari Moana. Um, basically, right around the East Cape, past Gizzy, nip up to Lake Waikari Moana and stay the night there because it's absolutely beautiful there. Um, there's a holiday park, you can camp, there's cabins, um, and there's a strong variety of roads there that um, you can just there's horses for courses it's awesome uh, but this is the one i'm going to be doing um because dad suggested it after i sent him the link and um, turns out i've got free accommodation there um is northland and visiting tane mahuta so um yeah my goal is to get dad and uh, humpty dumpty the triumph tiger all the way up to cape Rianga um via uh Wow, Dargaville, the West Coast, um, the Waipua Forest, which is home to Tane Mahuta. Um, and yeah, um, I'll be staying in um, Taipa, I believe, um, because my sister has a batch there and um, I'm going to go stay there for a couple of nights. Uh, you're welcome to join me, of course, Ray, but it is a long way. <laughs> the, the, the door is still open. I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to commit right this second because I never know I never know what I'm doing this weekend, leave alone next weekend, leave alone in September. But um, can I can I throw one bonus one at you? Please be my guest. In fact, I'm going to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw two, but I'm not going to tell you about one of them right now. So one of them is the ride that Ben and I did last weekend, and we're going to find out about that after the news. The other one is one that I've only just found out about, and it's Kiwi Road in, in the Taranaki area. I don't know exactly where in Taranaki it is, but there's a couple of tunnels, and it looks fantastic. It looks like the Forgotten World Highway, only a lot muddier, uh, a lot less paved and a lot more tunnels. Yeah, and that one crops up a, few, a fair decent amount of times on, uh, I think it's the Adventure Riding New Zealand Facebook page or something. And man, some of the photos from that place actually look really, really cool. Though you're probably going to need a different bike. It makes me wish that when we did do our Tananaki ride that we actually stopped and took some photos. Yeah, yeah, definitely that's the thing um, I'm going to plan to try and do uh, on this trip. My, I'm calling it the Warm Kiwi the escape up north with dad um because yeah my old man he paid for my motorcycle licensing he paid for my learners my restricted and my full um thankfully unlike my car license i passed them all first try <laughs> and yeah I, i'm gonna hopefully stop as much as possible and take some photos to remember it by because um in the 
what, 12 years I've been riding. Um, I can count on my hands the number of times I've actually been riding with my dad, and uh, I feel bad about that. So, Hey, just as a message to all, all our listeners as well, if you guys ever do a road trip, a trip anywhere on a motorcycle, whether it be down to the dairy to get some milk or the dairy three towns over to get some milk, we want to see the photos, we want to see the videos, and we want to hear from you all about it. So you can email us, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. Uh, you can get hold of us on the Facebook and the Instagram on the line. Uh, just uh, get hold of us and let us know all about it. Uh, if you don't want to talk on the podcast, that's entirely fine. But at least send us some photos and a couple of words about it. That'd be great. Because um, we're, we're always interested in what everybody gets up to. Because we all share a, a, a general uh, common interest. And that is uh, getting out on motorcycles. Whether that be dirt bikes, road bikes, touring, adventure. Hell, even tr- trials. I want to hear about it. Ducati is actually um, done something a bit different. They have entered the e-scooter arena. Um, so basically... What? Hang on. Ducati and e-scooters? Yeah, Ducati's a bike brand, but we're talking motorbikes here, Matt. What do we want to know about e-scooters? Oh, it's all part and parcel of keeping uh, one of your favourite Italian motorcycle brands alive, I'm sure. If Harley Davidson made some e-scooters, they might be in a bit of a better position. <laughs> um but All right, send me one of these photos. Come on. Yeah, actually, they don't look that bad. Oh, that actually looks kind of cool. Yeah, so there's a whole range of them um, that they're putting out. I believe there's uh, four scooters and four folding e-bikes. Um, and all right, let's do caddy. They've not half-assed this, so um, the bikes are they all trellis framed? No, unfortunately, but they are made of steel by the looks. Ah, oh, disappointing. Um, but um, yeah, so basically. The e-bikes are equipped with 250 watt motors, which is the maximum you're allowed under EU law. Um, and um, the first two e-scooters, which are called the Cross E and Pro 2, are launching later this month. And yeah, it's honestly, it's a really cool initiative. Um, so like other European brands, Ducati has um, moved to dip its toe into this segment of the personal mobility market. Um, and they've teamed up with a company called MT Distribution, um, which is an Italian company also that's been doing this sort of thing for a while now. And clearly with a name like MT Distribution, uh, they needed a bit of sex appeal behind them and they've uh, teamed up with Ducati, um, <laughs> which is my, my theory anyway. I could be completely wrong. Um, so the new range is four electric scooters and three folding e-bikes under the Ducati Ducati course, which is the race division, and Ducati Scrambler brand names. Yeah, it's um, they're all meant to be coming online later this year, according to Ducati. Yeah, I, I really dig it. Um, top speed for... Um, well, let's say they're electric. So for the uh, Crossy scooter, which um, looks quite cool, that's the one that I sent you the photo of, Ray, the one with the Scrambler Ducati branding and the funky wavy foot um, board. And it's got big fat tyres on it too. It looks like a bit of a big... Yeah, it's not going to be like cruising down the road on your Lime scooter with its solid wheels and every time you hit a stone, it's going to seem to jutter up your spine. Um, 375 watt hour battery means it's got a range of 30 to 35k. Um, so if you're in a city person, like my mother-in-law lives in Hearn Bay and works in the CBD, that's over a week of travel for her. Um, and that's maintaining an average speed of 15k an hour. They don't say how fast they go, but um, yeah, you don't really want these things to go too fast, do you? Because people get seriously hurt, as we all found out with Lime. And yeah, it's honestly, I think it's a really, really cool idea. But the one thing is, um, no word so far from Ducati Australia and New Zealand as to whether or not they'll make their way here, because sometimes we miss out on the cool stuff the Europeans get. 
Um, but I will be uh, sending another email to the media team and hopefully next week we can come back with a more definitive answer. And in our final story for On Throttle News this week, MV Augusta is moving forward with its latest drag racing inspired model, the Rush 1000, which, if I'm not mistaken, Matt, enters production this month. Yes, and it's another Brutale uh, 1000 based special. And honestly, 99% of the spike I really dig. The seat, not so much. It doesn't look particularly comfortable. But it's, uh, it's a very cool limited edition bike, limited to just 300 bikes worldwide. New Zealand pricing has been confirmed at $64,990 plus on-road costs. Um, so we're not quite sure how many of those are going to sell, let alone make their way out. Um, make their way here but it is a very impressive bit of kit you're right in the story cutting edge latest technology i'd say cutting edge design as well you know those motorbikes who have the the exhaust coming out under the tail you know the right the poo shooter um and you look up the bum of them and they just look like uh, a cat's anus yeah are you looking at the picture of the uh the tail section of the rush <laughs> i'm looking at the back end of this bike and yeah it doesn't have the it's got side exit exhaust which is fine but it's got the tail uh, light <laughs> the tail light so okay so it's like it the the ass of it looks like a wasp that's lifting its the pal, you know the pillion kind of seat lifting it itself up in the air and then underneath it if you look straight up the guts of it it's got this big round tail light that just looks like a giant cat's anus see i really really dig that look i think that's really really sexy um the seat itself particularly that pillion pad i really wouldn't really want to put a pillion on that at all yeah it's not a seat it's a pillion pad yeah if you even want to call it that um but now did you take a look at um just below the um the cat's anus as you so delightfully called it to the, um, the rear wheel um do you see a bit of uh it's like a solid rear wheel uh it's kind of it's carbon fiber cover um, sort of like you see on those uh, really, really fast push bikes that go around the velodrome here in Cambridge. Yeah, but a lot of carbon fibre on this bike. Uh, let me read out a couple of specs for you. So, based off the uh, MV Brutale 1000RR, 208 horsepower inline four cylinder engine, which can be boosted up to 212 horsepower with the optional racing kit. Top speed of uh, over 300 kilometres an hour and in MV's words. Um, and yeah, um, <laughs> I'm just sort of, I keep reading numbers like that and I just think that is utterly bonkers, but it is an utterly bonkers bike and apart from that seat, I think it's utterly gorgeous. It is a striking bike. It is, it almost looks to me like the bike that, uh, the dude, the, the designer designed before the penny pinches got involved, he designed it. He gave the penny pinchers something and they got happy and then he gave this to the actual manufacturers and it looks like something that's been designed to look good and not necessarily be cheap. Yeah, and I remember riding the uh, original MV Dragster, must have been 2015, 2016, and I did the commute from um, Central City to Papakura, 25k on the motorway. That was enough with that seat, and this looks a lot less comfortable <laughs> to me. That is the only thing I can say wrong about this bike. Otherwise, it's. But if you're buying a limited edition bike, it's it's not like you want it to be comfortable. You want it to look at, really, don't you? 
eight level traction control. Yeah, uh, top tier Olin's EC suspension units and um, of course Brembo Stylema calipers because if you got something that can go fast, you want it to stop bloody fast too and there's nothing better than those Stylemas um, from Brembo. How many, no, just, just to bring us back to the eight level traction control, how many levels of traction control do you need? Off, rain, sun. And, and gravel, but you're not taking this on gravel, so that's three. I suppose it's so you can tailor it, Ray. So you, that um, you want a bit of slip, and then you decide, no, I want, or actually, no, let's put it the other way around. You want absolutely no rear wheel slip. You want the bike to, um, if it starts to get a bit iffy, you want it to go, no, calm down. We're riding nice and safe now. Um, and then you can just slowly dial it back one level at a time until you get it to that nice... There are some people out there who will say that three levels of traction control is too many. You need two levels of traction control, on or off. Eight. Eight. I know a lot of people that would say one mode of traction control is too many. But hey, it's a cool thing. Hopefully, um, I haven't ridden an MV in quite some time, but hopefully they've sorted out the user interface because that was one thing with the uh, mid-2010s bikes that was a bit nitpicky. It was just getting through all of the modes and setting the bike up. You needed almost a degree to do it because it just took so damn long. Um, But nowadays I've got TFTs. They make life so much easier. Um, And I'm hoping um, to have a look at uh, some MVs going forward into the future because like they just live up to their tagline, their motorcycle art. Eight levels of tracking control. That's all I can think of at the moment. Right, that rounds off the news. For more on all of these stories, check out onthrottle.co.nz and Kiwi Rider, the latest magazine out now. Go to Google, type Kiwi Rider Jumag. Simple as that. Or kiwirider.co.nz. Still can't get over eight levels of traction control. That's mental. Right, uh, coming up next, uh, Ben... Wilkins from Kiwi Rider Magazine and myself, uh, we got out on a bit of an escape. You know, Matt, when your phone goes and it's a mate and you're saying, uh, I'm going for a ride, you're coming. Essentially how we got uh, Mike to join us on the Taranaki trip. I'm going to do something stupid, uh, you're coming. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what happened. So I got a message uh, going into the long weekend. I had no plans whatsoever. And I got a message from Ben Wilkins. He said, I am going for a lap of the uh, Gentle Annie. Are you coming? And I said, is is Matt coming? He, he's, he laughed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not going to lie. When um, I found, like, I wasn't even asked. Like, it was fair call. <laughs> Um, but I was, I found out about it. I was washing the little fella. I was having a bit of a time. He was having a shower and he decided he wanted to soak me. Uh, and then I looked at my phone and saw you bastards were off riding the gentle Annie and I just about cried. So it was, um, it was lunchtime on Saturday. I got a message saying, I'm doing a lap of the gentle Annie. Are you coming? I said, I will be in Thai happy at 6 PM. <laughs> so we got to Thai happy. Uh, of course, Ben rode down from Rotorua. He went through the desert road. He didn't factor on the fact that he was going to freeze his absolute bollocks off. <laughs> and so we both pulled into uh, Thai happy and that is where we pick up the story. We find ourselves on a, is it technically winter yet? It is winter, right? It feels like winter. On a freezing night in Thai Happy, uh, it has just gone 8.03 and we are looking for something to eat. Ben, why are we here? Well, this is, I guess, our first proper ride out of uh, out of lockdown. And, uh, it is, and you have the Red Baron, which has fresh new oil in its uh, forks. 
Yep, they've been serviced. Uh, when I went down to the BMW rally in January, one of the fork seals popped and uh, finally got them sorted. And I've got the MT-07 with brand new Continental Rotatec 3 tyres and we've met in the middle. You're in Rotorua, I'm in Wellington. We've come to Tai Happy to do the Gentle Annie tomorrow and we've got some beer, but we're trying to find somewhere to eat. Do you think we can eat here, the country restaurant? Can we in here or um, do you want to get uh, a takeaway? What were the options? Was it takeaway? I think takeaway or uh, McDonald's, which uh, is not for we me. We can't do McDonald's, can uh, we? Subway's probably still open. I think there was another Chinese along here. I'll go for a wander along here. Um, so the Gentle Annie, you've done the Gentle Annie once and it was from Nelson through to Tai Happy. You haven't done it from Tai Happy to Nelson though? No, um, I came through from uh, Napier to Tai Happy on a Suzuki V-Strom actually and that was oh, 2004 I think no what am I talking about 2014 uh, there's always there's always a one in there isn't there <laughs> yeah exactly now, uh, and it was still part gravel at that point but I, uh, I understand it's all all tarsial now Ben you messaged me saying I'm going are you coming well uh, out of all the people I know um, you are uh, always up for going for a ride so I was like okay uh, Quinn's birthday weekend let's go and have a ride and uh, who did I message I'm like well Ray's in Wellington I'm in Rotorua um, let's meet in the middle I was on my way up and I, uh, I got to about Ōtaki well no it was about, it was about 20k south of Ōtaki I was heading to Ōtaki and I caught up with a, a guy on a F700 GS is that even a bike yeah it is yeah yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, he was going to New Plymouth. That was a really nice bike. The dude, he, uh, he'd he bought it, he'd owned it for about four days before he was on his way to New Plymouth. Uh, but I think it's an excuse for a lot of riders to get out because we've all been cooped up for so long that we are now allowed to ride our bikes. So what better excuse than Queen's Birthday weekend to get out and ride? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I all I thought of was I want to go and ride. I didn't think about uh, the desert road at night. Man, that was cold. How cold? Really cold. <laughs> right, we're back at the Chinese place. Let's go in and get some food and we'll carry this conversation on very shortly. So we've popped into the uh, the local takeaway and we're talking to a gentleman by the name of Harry. Hello, Harry. G'day, Ray. Nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you too. Hey, you're wearing a, a shirt. What does it say on your shirt? Tai Happy Motorcycle Riders. Tai Happy Motorcycle Riders. Yeah. You're a group, a club? Yeah, well, we're just a bunch of guys that we're not a club as such, you know, like a motorcycle club. We're just a bunch of mates that have bikes and just get together throw a dart at the board and we just go for a ride from time to time you know and well as often as we can the last ride we did together was a couple of weeks ago we went out to Castle Point you know oh wow all the way out to Castle Point Oh, that's not far for us. Yeah. We're in the centre of everywhere, not the middle of nowhere. You, know, so. <laughs> you, you said you had a big fundraiser last year. Yeah, we did a fundraiser for St John's last year. It was our first one. Uh, with, uh, as, a, as a group of friends, we go out and support a lot of um, different charities, you know, motorcycle runs and motorcycle events. You know, um, some of the big ones have been like um, Tribal Nations, the run for suicide awareness, you know, teenage oh, yeah. suicide. So we've done that a couple of times. Times. Um, yeah, the, uh, Patriots do, do a run. Yeah, there's, there's, there's lots of runs that we go out and support because we just love to get together and get, get and ride. And we decided to do one last year. Mm. And, became, and the whole the whole town got involved. It wasn't just a motorcycle thing. It got way bigger than what we thought. And it brought a whole lot of people out of the woodworks there with different skills, you know. Um, and and Tyfee 
nailed a pretty successful run, which raised, last I heard, was $11,000 so for the day. So. so what's happening in the community? Are you going to do another uh, fundraiser, or what's the story? Me too. It's in the pipeline. Um, but because of what's happening with the COVID and the restrictions, and we just kind of... And, and time flies by, you know. We're hoping to do another one in November. That's when we had the last one, was um, mid-November last year, and it turned out to be very successful. A lot of, lot of people were, um, were really happy with the way it turned out. The whole town got behind that day, you know. It wasn't just a motorcycle thing. It became bigger than type of motorcycle riders. The whole town wanted to get on top of it. All the motels in town reduced their prices just for those that were motorcycle, yeah, that, that proved that they had gone on the run. Um, yeah, well, just something became came unique and everybody wants to come back and do some more. So we're looking forward to doing it and creating some more memories, you know, because that's what motorcycle riding does. It's all about creating memories. So Thai Happy Motorcycle Riders, uh, how many of you are there? Well, around the table when it came to to, to doing the run, yeah, there'll probably be a core of around about 10 to a dozen that will come out, you know, I mean, but it, it brings out a whole lot of other guys, you know, when we go riding. We don't know. Sometimes you turn up, someone will, someone will put, a, put something up on Facebook and say, oh, I want to go for a ride, like Monday. They say we're going for a ride on Monday, meet down at the BP, we call that our pad. <laughs> meet down at the BP at 9.30, and whoever turns up at 9.30 goes for a ride. When we went to Castle Point a couple of weeks ago, we were expecting quite a lot of guys to come out of the woodwork because we hadn't ridden for a while. But there's only about four of us that went out and we stayed the night, so, you know, I was small enough to be able to do that. Um, but then last time we went up and we, um, we we did a big ride up through Tamaranui and up through some of the roads up there, gosh, it must have been about two dozen of us, you know. So it varies, you know, whoever is available on the day. There's no hard and fast rule. Nobody pays any subs. It's just, if you've got the money on the day, go. So from from, from Thai Happy, what are your favourite roads? What, what's your go-to from here? You, being right, is it? You will, you will have to come out on our next run. Okay. Right? Oh, but like you're going to do the Napier Taupo Road, I believe. Uh, Napier Thai Happy Road. Which is a destination road for many, for many guys on bikes. You know that's become like a highway now. And before it got washed away, so was the paraparas that lead down to Wanganui. We've got a lot of beautiful roads around here. Not many people know about. But the road that we chose last year, we called it the River to River Run, simply because that's who we are. You know, if you want to come to Taipei, and a lot of people just come here, stop here, get a feed like you guys, and say, oh, we'll just kind of stop off and then we'll go and do our run. But they don't realise what's really out here, you know. Just a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I went for a, a just a, a, a kayak, you know, just a, 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 a rafting trip down 14 k's of Rangitiki River. And I'll tell you the truth, that would have to be one of the most beautiful rivers in the North Island, if not New Zealand, you know. And it's right on our back door. People fly by, fly by every single day and they don't know that it's here. So we were able to take some of, um, I think it must have been about 140 riders that turned up last year and take them to some of our roads that was solely unique to Rangitiki Manawatu. Okay, and it was only about just over 200 k's 
they were able to get a, uh, a lunch along the way. There was all paid, you know, they, there was um, provided for by, by the club. Uh, we stopped off at a, at a unique setting, and the first stop was one of the rivers, which is just down a mountain or two there. And a lot of the riders that came along, were trying to brag about it or anything, but because we've been on so many rides as a group, supporting so many different local, as different charities, we were able to take in the things we liked about the runs and, the, and adopt those things to our run and push, push aside some of the things that we thought could have been done better. I don't think it's bragging. I think it's uh, being a strong advocate for your region. Taipei motorcycle riders, if anyone around the region, maybe they're in Wairu or maybe they're down in uh, Mangaweka, if they want to know more about you guys, how do they find you? Well, we've got a Facebook page. Um, don't ask me what it's called now, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, you'll you'll find us. In, but a lot of us, that are, we know a lot of people from Wanganui anyway, and a lot of them are already on our Facebook page. I think we've got well over a hundred that, that actually come and look on our onto our page. But we 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 wanted to with our own promote Thai happy for what it is and what we know, you know, because a lot of people just kind of come here, have a feed, stay a night, and then shoot off to. A destination place that everybody knows about. What we what we offered last year, and this is some of the feedback that we got back from a lot of the riders and a lot of these guys who've seasoned and done a lot of motorbike cycle runs themselves. They said that these were the best roads they've ever ridden on. Wow! And you know, and this is guys from coming down from Palpo. We had our first stop, our fuel stop, um, and he jumped off his bike and he just came over and he just sang the praises of that. I said, "You think that's good, mate? We haven't seen Chapter Two yet, you know." So uh, it was. That's not. I'm trying not to brag, you know. But, but type has got a lot to offer, you know. And it's not just that. We've got hunting. We've got fishing. We're, the mountains less than an hour up the road. Okay. So you know, type is a beautiful place to stop off, and that's what we want to try and promote. We're more than convinced, you know. We're, and, and we've got good people. And we get to meet good people like you. And motorbikes do that. You know? That's really what it's all about. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time this evening. Um, you, you, you take away sitting here getting cold, so thank you for, your, for, for, for extolling the virtues of Thai Happy, and we look forward to, uh, to checking out the region tomorrow. I love to meet you, Ben and Ray. Thanks very much. Well, we downed a few big bots, uh, we smashed some uh, Chinese takeaway, and then yarned for the rest of the night. We wake ourselves up on a gorgeous blue sky, a few tufty clouds floating around, Sunday morning in the thriving metropolis of Tai Happy. Uh, we have gone and had some breakfast, BLT for me, what did you have, Ben, some eggs of some description, farmer's breakfast maybe? Oh, no, I had the, uh, the Soul, Soul Cafe's uh, Soul Special or whatever it's called, it was really good, yeah. Yeah, I was quite, I was quite impressed actually uh, here in Thai Happy. Yes, good little spot. Uh, we've got guests at the the classic BP in Thai Happy, which you were surprised to see had ninety eight. Yeah, was, um, I, I was looking for ninety five, and ninety eight was there. It's not something you normally see uh, at many fuel stations. I think we differ on that. I've seen it quite a bit. Ah, maybe just not in Rotorua. 
<laughs> Vegas, yes. Uh, and now we are sitting in the sun, ready to tackle the Gentle Annie. The MT-07 with its new Continental Road Attack 3 tyres, the Red Baron. Now tell us about the Red Baron. It's featured on the podcast a couple of times, but we've never had the full inside story. What is it? It's a 1991 uh, R100 GS. Uh, belongs to Veggie, Kiwi Riders uh, publisher. He's had it from new. It's got some battle scars. It's uh, not a pampered classic, that's for sure. In fact, when it, whenever it goes anywhere, people rock up and they're like, oh man, what's this? Has this done the Paris Dakar? Because people who don't know anything about these kind of bikes think, well, they've all done that. And uh, yeah, it's a great bike. I love it. It's, uh, it's not the fastest bike. It's not the best handling bike, but it's got a lot of character. Brilliant. And that's what you want in a bike, really. You want to be happy with the machine you're riding. Uh, so, Gentle Annie, we go from uh, Tai Happy here out to Napier, and it's, what do we say, about 160-odd K? 155 Ks, I think, yeah. So it's uh, about a three, two-and-a-half, three-hour ride. Uh, what kind of uh, terrain are we expecting? Uppy, downy, lefty, righty, often uppy, downy, lefty, righty, all at the same time. Uh, it used to have, uh, it used to be a great gravel road, but I understand, I've not ridden it since it's been completely tar sealed. So it'll just be a, a, a great twisty ride through some beautiful countryside. Um, I think we're going to stop halfway through and maybe have, have, have a bit more of a talk about uh, what it's like, because you, you've not ridden it, have you? No, I've not done it before. Also, uh, a bit of a first for you, you're running a, uh, a bit of a communication system on your helmet? Yeah, um, my helmet got accosted by uh, Ray this morning um, before we even left the uh, the motel, and I've got a, a carbuncle stuck on the side <laughs> on the side of it. Um. A Cardo Pack Talk Bold. So we've got communications between us. You've got the ability to do music, which you've never done before. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I've never done it because you. you beforehand you've always had to have uh, put earbuds in and they always fall out for me or um, I like to wear earplugs just because I ride or have ridden so much over the years that I'd have ended up probably mostly deaf by now if I hadn't have done so I won't give up on wearing uh, earplugs but this because it's got the speakers in behind the um, cheek pads yeah I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what, what what that's like well without further ado shall we uh, fire these beasts up and get on the road yeah let's go well, for the first 40Ks, we had beautiful sunshine, patchy wet roads, and mostly dry. For the following 120-odd Ks, it was moist. We've made it to uh, Hastings. It's decidedly wet. No, it's definitely wet. It's definitely wet. But quite quite a nice road. Very, very up, down, left and right, as you said at the start, Ben. What do you reckon? It's a fantastic road, and uh, even though I lament its uh, passing as one of the best gravel roads in New Zealand, it's a fantastic um, tar seal road. It's fun to ride. You've got to keep your wits about you. It's, uh, there are certainly corners that will catch you out if you aren't paying attention. Like you said, it was beautiful for the first... Um, 50Ks or so, 60Ks. And then, uh, no, it was even more than that. It was about 80Ks, I think. And then after that, it was rain, fog, more rain. Um, some very off-putting, very shiny stretches of seal that uh, when they're wet, you just know they're going to be lethally slippery. Uh, and first experiences with uh, communications and music while riding? Oh, I'm loving the music. Um, over 100 k's an hour, um, like 104, 105. It's, the, the wind noise does start to take over a little bit, but certainly between 80 and 100, the music is really good. Um, 
enjoying having my tunes on actually and because it's not in earphones right in my ear uh, I can still hear other stuff that's going on uh, because the speakers are tucked away behind the foam in the lining very strange uh, having you squawking in my ear, ear every now and again because uh, I'm used to riding with, with nothing um, just the silence in your own head is it something you could get used to? Oh, I, quite, I actually quite enjoyed it uh, I definitely enjoyed the, the music the the uh, talking to each other I can give give or take but it, it was quite useful when we came here into into the outskirts of Hastings um, we could say oh which way are we going to go um, left or right or whatever so that was uh, useful in that in that situation so yeah um, I've got definitely got nothing against against uh, a, uh, a telecom package whatever you want to call it yeah I, I found it really good um, when we got into the slower stuff anything below probably for me it was below 70 k's now was nice and clear and easy to hear above that the wind noise was a little bit um, the voice was competing with the wind noise a little bit but then yeah as you say when we come into town brilliant to be able to like right where are we going cafe we're going to we're going here we're going Napier we're going Hastings we're going left we're going right brilliant yeah and we didn't have to stop at the side of the road to talk to shout at each other and gesticulate and go and and then not understand what what the other person is trying to say about where we're going to go uh, that you normally get at most uh, where most bikers stop and want to decide where they're going mm. well there you go that's the gentle Annie if you haven't done it I highly suggest you do do it hey a few months ago I bought a custard yellow 98 Subaru Legacy there's one parked over there exactly the same that's funny I wonder if it's mine it's been stolen same registration number <laughs> No, different number of flight, different number of flight. Um, so there you go. If you haven't done the Gentle Annie, get into it, do it. It's one of those roads like the uh, Forgotten Highway. Uh, it's quite long, it's very twisty, and it's uh, a destination road. It is a classic. Uh, I would have liked to have done it when it was gravel. Do the Forgotten Highway before it becomes Tar Seal, please. Do yourself a favour and get into that. Um, otherwise, uh, keep your eyes on Kiwi Rider magazine, and we will be telling you all about the Cardo gear, all about the Continental Road Attack 3s, and probably a few other stories coming up in a few editions' time. And that is where we leave the story. From there, uh, I rode back to Wellington in the absolute pissing rain. And Ben rode Napier to Taupo, Taupo Rotorua, and apparently it dried up and got quite warm. <laughs> See, I don't know how Ben can be complaining because he was riding the Red Baron and that's got a nice boxer motor that will keep your shins beautifully warm. That's what I said to him. Uh, when we first got into Tai Happy, when he pulled in, I, I said, now I know why BMWs have boxer engines because you can warm your shins and your hands on the, uh, the heads, um, you know, as you ride along. And it's air-cooled, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so it would have been running beautifully. Yeah, I saw the photos and I was insanely jealous. Um, just cause anywhere that bike goes, it just looks so good. Well, that pretty much wraps us up, I think. Uh, I don't think we have too much more to talk about, do we? Do we? Do we? I don't know, should we bring the dad joke back? I haven't had a... I need a good laugh um, after the sort of up-and-down week I've had. Do you have any dad jokes up your sleeve? Up-and-down week, up-and-down kind of three months? Yeah, definitely. Uh... Ooh, what concert? What concert costs forty-five cents? Oh, I want to say something about fifty cent, but what? What con? Well, you're not far off. Fifty cent featuring Nickelback. Is that what a nickel is? Five cents. Yeah, I guess it's a bit of an American joke. All right, here's one. Here's one. Here's one. Here's one. Here's one. Uh, you know about the uh, the three little pigs? You know, house of straw, house of bricks, house of sticks. Was it? 
Um, how, how did the penguin build its house? It glues it together. Oh, <laughs> that's bad. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. Do check out kiwirider.co.nz. Read the latest magazine. Hit that subscribe button. If you wouldn't mind sharing this podcast with a writing buddy of yours, that would be absolutely fantastic as well. Then we can, um, and make sure you hit that subscribe button because then we can justify this to the penny pinches. This has been a rather long episode, but I've been Ray. I've been Matt. Keep that rubber side down. Throttle on. Do check out onthrottle.co.nz as well. Matt's website does a great job there. And we will catch you in seven days' time. <laughs>